This is the Marsh and Matt Show with Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Marsh and Matt Show. Marshall Kellner and Matt Gallivan with you after a uh, brief break last week. We are back and uh, guest free tonight, so we'll keep this uh, short. Matt, how are you doing? Doing well. It's uh, I. I feel like I've recovered from the uh, ups and downs of last week's game uh, <laughs> that really uh, put us all through the ringer, but uh, just happy to have the win. Yeah, normally we don't have to say recover from a win, but that was a very bizarre game. I was there. Um, talk about a, a whirlwind of emotions in the last uh, five minutes. It was going really quick, um, and the Vikings seemed to have it in hand up 16-6, to six, and then uh, – a series of uh, un- unfortunate events, but ultimately culminated with the Greg Joseph walk-off winner from 54 yards, which was awesome for him, especially after uh, he missed that uh, much shorter kick in Arizona earlier this season. It's a game the Vikings uh, needed to have. But I'll start with uh, with your reaction. You uh, you were not you were not feeling good. Uh, even you were you were happy with the win, but uh, from what I could tell, you were not uh, feeling too good after that game. No, I, I feel I, – I don't know how you look at this team right now and not feel completely disheartened. I know they're two and three, but look at all the teams they face. Okay, so you get, you get Carolina next, and, and yes, maybe they're scuffling a little bit, and you get to three and three. But then what, you face three or four teams in a row that are four and one? You know, three or four teams that are playing – really well right now and and you're struggling to beat Detroit a team you've dominated in the past this this was a team that lacked a killer instinct and they lacked a killer instinct because their coach didn't call a game that gave them a killer instinct they they didn't go for it at the end of the half Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson could not be stopped and we went away from that uh Kirk is you know I I know the Cleveland game is tough but you know, it was, we all know that a lot of that had to do with the fact that the offensive line was really struggling and the defensive line of Cleveland was really good. And it was just a bad match. Uh, but this team just for all the firepower they have on offense and for all the talent they have there and people seem to be playing well, they can't score touchdowns in the second half. They look completely pedestrian. Their offense is boring. And while their defense, which I know you, we've talked a lot about, is, is playing better and is, is a high point, and Greg Joseph making all these long kicks and getting a game winner is a high point, I don't know how you look at this team, and despite everything that Zimmer has said about them being a good team, feel like you can have any confidence in them whatsoever to make, make a run and make the playoffs. What do you yeah. think? Uh, well, you, you threw a lot there, so I'll, I'll try to respond to a few things that, uh, that caught my ear. The, the, I will say on the Justin Jefferson side, yes, he was dominating them. He was un, unguardable in the first half. But I don't think it's as simple as to say we, we just went away from it. Detroit is paid, too. They have coaches as well. And there's no question that they start and, – and Kirk even said it after the game. They started rolling coverage J.J.'s way. My question would be then, why doesn't Thielen explode? Why doesn't 
KJ Osborne or Tyler Conklin, somebody, because you know they have the ability to um, to do so. So Adam Thielen dropped one, but then obviously caught the two big ones on the final drive over the middle from Kirkland. He had, he, he had a couple he had two, two that were big had, pet plays that came back on penalties thanks to our uh, fourth yeah. round uh, pick uh, that we uh, traded away there. Yeah, Chris Herndon had had a uh, had a bad penalty on on a screen to Thielen that uh, he almost scored on. Um, but but yeah, that would be my question is sure they're expectedly going to make some adjustments on on JJ. They're not just going to let him go man to man and dominate them the entire game. So yeah, I don't think it's as simple as as us going away from that. I think we tried to stick with it, but they were they were definitely rolling coverage his way. The question would be, well, why didn't somebody else step up? And and I agree with you. At the end of the half there, I, I understand. Zimmer said after the game, they wanted to do one run and then see where that took them. And if they, if they were able to get a first down or something, then they would have rushed up to the ball. But I think it needed to be a little bit more aggressive than that, especially with two timeouts. So I, I understand people mad there. Um, his, his thinking was they've screwed up a lot of stuff before the half they did, but that it was too conservative. It was, it was definitely too conservative um, from, from that standpoint. And then you're right. They need to figure out something in the second half because they have scored one second half touchdown one. And that was in the Cincinnati. So they didn't even score any, they rolled up all those points on Arizona. They didn't even score a second half touchdown in that game offensively. I should say Nick vigil had had a pick six for the touchdown. So yeah, there's what's, what's frustrating to me is there's just seems to be some sort of disconnect right now. And you had the offense really churning. I mean, we felt really good about the offense after the Seattle game, uh, which came after the Arizona game and they were, you know, rolling up all these points. Um, But there's been something off the past two games and whether that's Clint Kubiak, whether that's certainly the offensive line didn't play well against Cleveland, but uh, the pockets were there pretty much against Detroit. They did not put a lot of pressure on, on Kirk cousins. And you felt like they should have been able to dagger that team for, for a lot more points. I do think Dalvin not being there is a is a huge deal um, and maybe the biggest deal of all because this offense runs through Dalvin. The play action to Alexander Madison does not merit the sort of respect that it does to Dalvin Cook. And Alexander's a fine running back, but he's not Dalvin Cook. The explosiveness just isn't the same. The vision is not the same. Um, and... I'd, I'd like to see it with Dalvin Cook. And we really haven't, aside from the first couple games, where it looked pretty good. Uh, Dalvin, uh, we are recording this on uh, Thursday. He practiced in full for the first time today since before the Arizona game. So that's a good sign. And then he'll have this game, probably going to play, and then the bye. So hopefully post-bye, he's like fully fresh and ready to go. It'll be interesting to see his his workload in this game. But I think... Dalvin getting back is something. And then Zimmer talked about it this week. He had the offensive coaches doing a lot of self-scouting as to why they haven't been able to get things going in the second half. Because their game scripts in the first half have been really good. I mean, they've come out and scored and scored points. Um, I think they had three actual drives in the first half this time, and they had a, a touchdown and two field goals. Not great, but they were productive in the first half, mainly Justin Jefferson. And 
it just didn't happen in the second half. So they're going to need to figure out. And Clint Kubiak's new. I mean, we talked about it. We were singing his praises after the Seattle game, but he's new and um, he's going to have some ups and downs too. But one thing I heard this week that, and this is the last thing I'll say for now. One thing I heard this week is, um, you know, PA mentioned it, Paul Allen um, on his show and other people as well is maybe giving Kirk some more freedom at the line to call the game. And really, I mean, when Kirk's at his best, he's not thinking, he's just, he's just playing, he's reacting. He's so smart. He's one of the smartest guys in the league. His preparation is excellent. And maybe giving him that freedom at the line uh, could help this offense move along more. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, Kirk's earned it. I mean, if if we're focusing on still some of the best elements of this team and and takeaways, and and we put this on Twitter, but like, can we all drop the criticism that Kirk can't leave, lead a game winning drive? He did it again. He should have three. Yeah, Cincinnati, Arizona, again. and this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the, the, the guy, if you protect him and you let him just appeal to his natural instincts, you know, in controlling the game, he, he's going to be really good. And, and, and what I also love, the other thing I love is there have been criticisms maybe of, uh, you know, of Kirk in the past that he's got these great wide receivers. Why doesn't he trust him more? more? He threw some balls to Jefferson in the first half that they connected on that it was a, I'm trusting my guy is way more talented than that cornerback. And if I put it in the right spot, he's going to make a play. And he threw some great balls and Jefferson made some great catches. And so, you know, I think, you know, Paul Charchian tweeted this out, like they're like 31st in the league of passes of 20 yards or, or more. They, they, they got to let. And not using as much play action as last year, but I think a lot of that is Dalvin as well. Oh, there's no doubt that Dalvin's absence it contributes to that. The inconsistency of the offensive line contributes to that, where you don't have enough time to do it. But there, there also is. It goes to your freedom points and Paul Allen's freedom point for Kirk, where it's like if he sees something he likes, give him the free reign to say, "I'm going to be the gunslinger. I'm going to throw it up there." And he throws a great deep ball, and that gives him confidence and gets him going. And that's where. You know, so it is this give and take where the offense does run through Dalvin, but if you don't get Kirk going and, and you just run, 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 and the run gets stopped, you're asking him to like sort of grease the wheels out, out of the blue. And when they're able to then bring pressure because we're in third and long and the offensive line hasn't been good enough to protect him. So he can't feel comfortable. He can't get into rhythm. So it all snowballs. Um, so I really think that I totally agree. Give him more freedom. And he has shown He'll make plays and he'll find get the ball into the playmaker's hands. And the, the, there are some other takeaways to feel positive about um, from this last game. Darasaw is going to be a big improvement. Get that man on the field playing more. He's already better than Rashad, Rashad Hill is. You got to have him on the field more. Um, you know, he'll help on the pass game. He will also help in the run game, and he's only going to get better if he stays healthy. Everson Griffin, thank God they brought him back. He is crushing it uh, in the pass rush right now. And, and that, you know, you know, having him and obviously Hunter back and healthy and then playing off of each other is making that, making that better. So I, I do, do think Kirk 
once again, winning a game or leading a game-winning opportunity drive, Everson and Derisaw are all three areas that you can, if you're looking for the silver lining of this ugly win, those stand out to me. Everson, always a favorite of mine, my classmate at USC. Not just, uh, not just you know, in the same class, it, like literally in the same class room of like 40 people. He will never remember me, but I, of course, will not forget me. <laughs> us with uh with him and i uh, loved it when the vikings snatched him up i think in the, in the fourth round if i'm not mistaken third or fourth round huge steal um you you knew you knew the upside and he's performed like a like a first round pick obviously uh during during his time in in minnesota we missed him last year but uh man have they done a good job with him i mean just moving him around he played he played more snaps this week than Zimmer would like. He, Zimmer said he wants him around the mid-30s. He was around the mid-40s this week, um, but they couldn't take him off the field. I mean, he, he got the one sack. He got the one penalty. He got the penalty. And yep. then he came back with back-to-back sacks, the second of one, which was a strip sack fumble that James Lynch recovered. And Daniil got there right at the same time. I mean, that combination, the Vikings are, I think, have the third most sacks in the NFL. So remember how bad that was last year without Daniel, yeah. without Everson. Oh, okay. They got no pressure on the quarterback, none. And, and a lot of a lot of vitriol went the way of the, the secondary, rightfully so. But you had players who shouldn't have even been on an NFL field, like Chris Jones was was playing. You know, other guys like that who you've never heard of um, because of all the injuries. And all and all the vets that left prior to last year, like Rhodes and Waynes, um, and Alexander was on the team last year. So the secondary was a disaster, but in large part because there was it, it was exacerbated by the fact that they had to cover forever because there was no pressure on the quarterback. I think the Vikings had like 23 sacks all year last year. They're reaching that number already now. So that that is a very good thing. Um, I think another good thing is the second half defense. This team has allowed the fewest points in the second half of any team in the National Football League. How about that? So you you look what they did against Seattle, zero points. Russell Wilson scored nothing. Um, second half against Cleveland, Cleveland scored three points in the second half of that game. Um, and obviously Detroit. Um, not, not much. I mean, I think they had, they ended up with 11 points, but you know, you had the Madison fumble, Detroit got it, you know, inside our own 20. So the defense has, has been much better in large part because of the pressure. I think Patrick Peterson has been very good in coverage. Awesome. He was great. He was excellent. And, and I'll say this, Cam Dantzler was out uh, this week. Rashad Breland was much better, much better this week. Um, he's been ranked, he's been ranked obviously very low according to all the pro football focus metrics, but being at that game, he, he had one pass interference penalty that was a little ticky tack, um, gave up another big gain when he tried to take a gamble for an interception that was ill-advised. But aside from that, he had some nice tackles, was much better in coverage. They tried targeting him a few times and Goff had nowhere to go with the ball. Um, so he, he was, he was much better. Hey, the guy did intercept a pass in the Super Bowl. He's had a long career. I'm not saying he's he's I'm not saying he's elite, but you you brought him in here to be a second corner. Maybe Dantzler can take over that, but but you know, you really say- getting more comfortable I think in the Zimmer system. It can take a while sometimes. It's a tough system. 
what's with our cornerbacks and their Twitter feeds? <laughs> like what? You know, yeah, first he had a bad tweet up. And he's yeah. upset. And then it's yeah. Breland tweeting. I mean, just take the Twitter away from these guys. Yeah. Just go out and, and focus on playing. If they did that more, maybe they'd be playing better. And that's, I, I don't, I, Mike Zimmer's got to be fuming about that. Yeah, Dancer was wanting more playing time. And then Breland, was he taking a shot at the fans? Was he taking a shot at a reporter? Zimmer claims, you know, it was more more so uh, directed at the reporter. But any, either way, you slice it. It's it's just not good. You don't want you don't want to see that. And they, it's just a needless needless distraction. So hopefully they do uh, take after Patrick Peterson. Don't be tweeting dumb stuff uh, to the game. Peterson's a pretty good guy uh, to rely on. Future Hall of Famer, um, most likely. So I, you know, I think the defense is coming together a little bit. Anthony Barr played every snap, every snap his first game in over a year, and he was pretty good. He, he was, he was, I was watching him a lot at the game. He, he was very good. Um, and, and one thing, remember when we had Jack Day on, he was talking about how running backs out of the backfield is something that Barr is so good at just taking away. And that could be huge this week if Christian McCaffrey plays. Um, but DeAndre Swift is pretty good at catching it. He didn't really do much uh, in the receiving game. He had some nice runs early, but they, they kind of locked that up late um bar bar is a big part of this but then of course when bar comes back michael pierce is gone um, yeah. so it'd be nice to have michael pierce the run stuffing defensive lineman and bar but uh but anthony looked good in his in his first game back um hopefully hopefully he's been limited in practice this week again hopefully he's he's okay yeah i, I- I was not, you know, I'm never as high on bar as you are. Um, and I wasn't as high on him in this game as you were, but I, I think to your point, he certainly helped in the run game, especially with Pierce being out. He fills those gaps. You saw some people show, you know, playing the videos on Twitter, or tweeting out those videos. And, and he has a knack for just closing those gaps. Uh, that is just immensely helpful to this team and improving the run defense. And you can, only hope that Pierce comes back at some point in the near future and putting that all together. And when he's doing that, it allows Kendricks to, to sort of do this thing and it, that helps in the pass coverage. The one criticism I have for Barr is I, I think he did show some rust. You know, the he's he's never been where he's elite in the pass or the run defense game. He's not elite in the coverage game, um, in my opinion. And there were a few times where he he showed some rust. He looked slow in anticipating in the past game where to go, getting over late um, on a couple of plays. And I, and I hope that that's just coming from missing, what was it, 18 games um, and getting back into the swing of things. But I do think that clearly this defense is better when Anthony Barr is on the field, in particular because of the run game. And as you've talked about so many times, you can say, you know, a lot about Mike Zimmer, but one thing their defense is normally really, really good about is you get them in third and long, and they're normally going to shut that other team down. And so it was probably a good thing for Anthony Barr to kind of get warmed up against Detroit um, so he can come in against Christian McCaffrey, you know, who, you know, we'll see if he's healthy, like you said, um, and, and kind of um, hopefully be healthy and uh, a little more uh, limber and, and back to game speed. Yeah, um, you you were talking about 
the schedule going forward being tough. It is. I mean, they obviously have to win this game uh, to get to three and three at the bye. But then after the bye, you have Dallas at home on Halloween night. I think Dallas is coming off their bye as well. So you might have two teams coming off a bye. And then you have that, and I talked about it a few weeks back on this show, a really tough stretch of uh, Baltimore and L.A. Chargers on the road. Then you come back here for the Packers. And then you go back on the road to San Francisco and then Detroit on the road. And, and don't think that Detroit game on the road is going to be easy because that'll be their fourth game in five weeks on the road. Um, so that being the last game on the road, yeah, it should be a, a very beatable opponent. It will be, but even that game will not be easy because of all the, the road travels and going back and forth from, you know, you know, you're on the East coast, Baltimore, then you go out of the West coast and face the chargers. Then you're back here. Then you're right back on the West coast, San Francisco, and then right back in the Eastern time zone to Detroit. So that, that is a, is a, uh, really tough stretch, but if you can win this week and then come out of the bye and beat Dallas at home, that's three straight wins. You're four and three. You're feeling much better about yourselves. Who knows? You know, the Ravens have had terrible injuries. The Chargers do look do look uh, tough, although Cleveland ran up 42 points on them. So that haunted defense was maybe exposed a little bit. Um, and, and suddenly the Vikings giving up 14 on Cleveland looked pretty good. <laughs> As, yeah, as, no. Uh, uh, so, so, you know, I, it's, it's hard to, and, and then you're back here against Green Bay. That's, that's a, obviously a winnable game, a tough game, but, but a winnable game. San Francisco, Trey Lance is playing like Zimmer's pretty good against rookie QBs. And then you, Detroit. So, you know, it looks very daunting. I'm, I'm not going to deny that, but it's hard to say even this far out what state those teams will be in because it's going to be in the middle point of the season. There's going to be injuries. It, you, you really don't know. And you could, you know, if they're able to win the next two, that's a big if. I mean, certainly going on the road to Carolina, that should be a win. They're, they're, Darnold has not looked good lately. Their offensive line is in shambles. You, they have a bunch of starters out. Even their starters aren't that good. Um, and we should be able to, uh, run up some points on their on their defense because they play a lot of man-to-man coverage um, if Jefferson and Thielen are able to go they've been out of practice this week um, then then we should be good there but yeah and then the Dallas game is not easy either that offense is very very talented um, but defensively I think Dalvin will have his way with them so if you're able to get to four and three you have a three-game winning streak things look a little Know what is just amazing about it and shows how daunting this is, is if you were to go through and look at the top five or six competitors, I know we're only five games in the season for the MVP. You already played Kyler Murray. You're going to play Dak Prescott. You're going to play Aaron Rodgers twice. Uh, you're going to play Lamar Jackson. You're going to play Justin Herbert. And by the way, you play Matt Stafford later this year. I mean, this this is so and Carolina games feel like must wins. You got it. Those bookends of that, you know, you feel like you have to win those, um, you know, and 
you know, the Green Bay seems the least intimidating of that group, ironically. Um, I mean, Dallas is, you know, firepower right now is just, it's kind of scary. And Justin Herbert is locked in. Um, so uh, to me, it's like, if you had to, if you had to pick, if, you're, if you can go three and three in that stretch, be about 500 for the close of the season, you know, or one game under, but you beat Green Bay and, and you beat the 49ers and you beat Carolina. So you have a tiebreaker over them, you know, from a, a wild card standpoint, you game a game in the division. Um, I would feel really good about that outcome. Yes, you'd still be, you know, you might go three and three over that stretch, but that to me would constitute success. What do you think is realistic success? Well, if you're three, yeah, I like I said, I don't like to look too far in advance, but if you're if you're just talking about that stretch, I mean, yeah, three and three, that would get you to what, five and six? Six. Five and six. So so you'd have to you'd have to go five and one down the stretch to get to ten and seven. So that, although the back end of their schedule does look much more manageable, they have two well, games, and the other- games against the Bears. Now the Bears have been playing better, but with with Fields, I think going to Chicago is always dicey, and they have to go. I think on a Monday night in bad weather potentially, so that that's tough. And the Bears' defense looks pretty darn good right now. Um, but yeah, I think three and three. Yeah, I I think you probably have to go four and two in that stretch to more realistic. I mean, I, I to, to have a more realistic shot at 10 and seven, um, cause 10 and seven should get you to the playoffs. I think with that expanded playoffs, 11 would for sure get you in, I think, but, but 10, I mean, I think they have to beat Carolina and Dallas. They have to beat Carolina and Dallas. That's, that's two there. And then they have to find a way to win two others, Green Bay and Green Bay and San Francisco. I mean, it's going to be tough, I think, to win against Baltimore or the Chargers on the road. I think Baltimore would probably be the the one that is more likely right now. But, again, who, who knows, like, what state those teams are in with injuries. But I think I think in the next six, you gotta, you got to go four and two. And, obviously, two of those four wins have to be against Dallas and Green Bay at home. You have to win the two home games. And then, and then in the, in the, and, and you have to beat Carolina. That's three. And then one more between, between Baltimore, um, kind of rambling here, but between Baltimore, uh, the Chargers and San Francisco, you have to win one of those as well. So, so that would, that would put you um, over 500 after that stretch. So you, you'd be six and five, which I think you can deal with that going, going down the stretch. So, which brings us, you, get, you know, obviously you got, so we're both agreeing that the Carolina games a must win. Uh, if you can't beat Carolina, I wouldn't be feeling good about the rest of that stretch and where the rest of the season is going, especially with the way Darnold's played as of late. So um, how are you feeling about the Carolina game? Well, I think a lot depends on uh, McCaffrey's status. Apparently, he's like 50-50. We're, again, recording this on a Thursday. He's 50-50 to play at this point. Um, they've been 
hesitant to play him at less than 100%. So maybe he doesn't play. Uh, he was doubtful last week, but practiced. Um, but was he on the the bad side of doubtful, or was he on the outside of doubtful, or on the questionable side of doubtful? Who knows? Um, and and I think I think um, we can exploit their offensive line. You put some pressure on Sam Darnold; he will give it to you. He will absolutely give you the ball. Um, he's heading in the wrong direction. Um, I think their defense is very aggressive press man coverage, assuming Jefferson and Thielen both, both play. Jefferson said he'll be good to go. Thielen, we haven't really received a word on. Um, so hopefully he's okay. Um, yeah, I, I would, you know, those, those two guys, I mean, you can exploit the press man coverage, I think. Um, but I think the defense, I think the defense helps, helps them win this game. And I think Dalvin plays too. And, and so I think the combination of Dalvin being back combined with the pressure that they're going to put on that very beat up and very poor Carolina offensive line um, could lead to some turnovers. I think they'll win the take give in this game. And that will probably be the difference. Even if, even if McCaffrey goes, they've been very good controlling running backs out of the backfield throughout Zimmer's tenure. And that's in large part, thanks to Anthony Barr, which we talked about earlier. But uh, they, they have not had – I think they've allowed one running back receiving touchdown in the last, like, 20-plus games, something that, that may not be exact. But they, they do not allow a lot of running backs to hurt them out of the backfield. Now, could McCaffrey just run all over them in, in the running game? Yes, sure. Um, and the run defense has left something to be desired so far. But it's, had, it's, it's gotten better. The defense overall has gotten better. I think the, the winning of the take-give – Dalvin's return um, really, really propels this team uh, to, to a victory this week. I, there's part of me that just really wants to pick against the Vikings this week. I don't know why. It just seems like, you know, they're barely, sur they barely survived last week. You know, do I really trust them to put it all together? And, um, come out and have a full performance this week, given all the injuries um, that they've had and all the, you know, everyone being in doubt and all of that. Um, but I just can't quite pick against them this week. I, I, so I do think that they're going to win, but I'm kind of sensing another inability to put it all together um, game. I picked them to put it together the last couple of weeks and it hasn't happened. So I, I think we'll survive, but I'm, I'm feeling like a 21-18 type of game. I'll take that, and then you're 3-3 three and three at the bottom and can, can kind of decompress. Because, and and this, that's one thing I said. Oh, two, two last points. One, forgot to mention, DJ Wanham was outstanding. He was week. great. That, that was, was the positive. Good to see another, another potential pass rusher. He was untouched on that sack on fourth down, which looked like it would uh, seal the game. Uh, it didn't, uh, but, uh, but that was a huge, a huge, huge play. And he was good all day putting pressure on Jared Goff. Um, it, that, that was good to see. So developing another pass rusher is, is big for the second year man from, uh, from South Carolina. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is with how crazy, crazily unlucky the Vikings have been 
when you take take a look at the first two weeks, I think there was like a one percent chance that they would end up losing both of those games based on where they were, uh, based on their winning uh, chances of winning uh, late in both of those. Um, and you look at the first game, the the Dalvin fumble in overtime that uh, arguably wasn't. The second game, they miss a 37-yard field goal to win the game. The Then they beat Seattle. Then against Cleveland, you have the phantom holding call in the end zone on Eric Kendricks. Um, you have pass interference on the last play when Thielen got tackled and D.D. Westbrook behind him also got tackled in the end zone. Um, so you, you just have had some, some bounces not go the Vikings' way. And I'm not going to say they should be 5-0, and oh, but you could say certainly at minimum 3-2, and two, probably 4-1. and one. So with all that being said, with how they've lost this year, I'm not going to complain about how they win. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just, going, I'm just going to be happy that they win. Um, sure, I want it to look better. But if it, you know, this week it's on the road, any road win you can get is very crucial. Um, even though it's a Carolina team, it hasn't looked as good lately. They blew a huge lead against Philly. Darnold's not playing well. The O-line's beat up. Should be a team uh, ripe for beating. But if it's, you know, if it's a slog, that's fine. Uh, just find a way to get it done. Get out of this week alive at 3-3. Three and three, Go to your bye, and you, then you can take a breath and kind of reset for that big stretch in the middle. If you can survive that, then you have a pretty manageable stretch uh, on the back end. But uh, it's a very week-to-week league, so I wouldn't say just because they looked a little shaky last week, that doesn't prevent them from making some offensive adjustments this week, and they've done a lot of soul-searching, I think, offensively, doesn't prevent them from scoring a lot of points this week against against Carolina and creating some more turnovers, which we've seen, uh, which we saw against uh, against Detroit. So hopefully it's a good week. That's all for Let's me. Hope. Anything more from you? Uh, no, let's just hope they get to three and three. Cause if they don't win this game, uh, it could, we could be in for a brutal few weeks that, you know, squarely take them out of the playoff hunt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back next week. Hopefully I have a guest for you as well for Matt Gallivan. I'm Marshall Kellner. This has been another edition of the Marsh and Matt show. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>